this is Danny Lewin. Uh, he has a PhD and a, T, uh, and a DABSM. He's a clinical psychologist and the director of pediatric behavior sleep medicine at Children's National Medical Center. And we're in front of um, Warhol's 1963 film Sleep. And we're going to talk a little bit today about uh, sleep and um, a little bit about his work and how it relates maybe to this work and just some additional things that we can think about when we're looking at this piece. One of the things about this film that's really interesting is that it's, uh, it's originally it's a five and a half hour film. Uh, it was um, actually, it's, it's creating the illusion that it's an ongoing uh, documentation of sleep, but they were um, supposedly um, edited together from different periods of sleeping. This is John Bjorn, uh, Giorno, who was a poet at the time and also an on and off, again, lover for Warhol. And um, he got a lot of chances to, you know, uh, film him sleeping with his camera. This was his first film. And uh, so when you see the white flashes, it means he's changing reels. This is supposed to be about five and a half hours, but it's actually pieced together from many different uh, sleep sessions. Generally, how long do people um, usually sleep? It's quite variable uh, across, across development and really between individuals as well. Beginning uh, in infancy, uh, most infants sleep, newborns sleep for um, three to four hour periods, then they're awake for a couple of hours, then they go back to sleep. Uh, and a total sleep time over the course of the day might be 15, 16 hours over the course of the whole day. Then as we uh, develop um, and, and grow, our sleep time reduces and decreases over the course up through adolescence, at which time sleep need is particularly high. In, in fact, during late adolescence, there's, there's an increased sleep drive. Um, all of these changes in sleep that, that occur we think are directly related to brain development and physical development as well. So that there are processes that occur during sleep that are critical for development. Then, then adults sleep for between, or their sleep need, I should say, is for between seven and a half um, and, and in eight hours or so. Although certainly as a culture, there's now a lot of evidence that we sleep far less. And, and interestingly, if you think about the history of our species, we're sleeping very differently now, or have been sleeping very differently for the past hundred years than we slept for the rest of the history of, of our species, um, where we might have been in bed from sunset to sunrise, or in a sleeping environment from sunset to sunrise, um, and sleeping for three to four hour periods. Um, our, our ancestors would then get up for an hour, maybe half an hour, um, be awake for a short period of time and then go back to sleep. So the, the bedtime period used to be much, much longer. Uh, and the sleep period was probably a little bit longer as well. So what's so beautiful about this film is that you have this placid exterior with very little movement. Um, seemingly nothing is going on. We used to think uh, of death and po poets have always talked about death as an intermediate, I think this, this comes from Cervantes, as, as, as a sleeping and inter intermediate place uh, between life and death. Um, so, but beneath this very, very placid, um, seemingly inactive um, person, uh, their exterior, is an incredibly active brain and body. If you watch this film subtly, you, you will see changes. You'll see, um, you can actually see him when he's in dreaming st a dreaming state. 
um, and and during the dreaming state, you would see his eyes moving around quickly. Oh, yeah, they're moving around right now. Exactly, behind closed lids. Yeah. Um, and you might see little twitches um, mm. of, 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 the saw, of the body or, or of the lips or of the nose. If you watch a, a, an animal sleep, particularly a dog, their, their dreaming sleep is, is highly visible. You can see them uh, sometimes running in their sleep or giving little barks. So, okay, so getting back to your main question, we have... Um, essentially, and it's recently been redefined, um, two different kinds of sleep. We have rapid eye movement sleep, REM sleep, and we have non-rapid eye movement sleep. And uh, during REM sleep, the brain looks like it's actually wide awake. So the brain waves look like they're awake. Originally, REM sleep, when it was first discovered in the 1950s, uh, was called paradoxical sleep because the brain looked wide awake. However, the body during rapid eye movement sleep is paralyzed. Uh, which is important. It keeps us from carrying out our dreams. If, if, if there's, a, there's a rare disorder called REM behavior disorder that involves a loss of paralysis, the loss of the ability to have paralysis during rapid eye movement sleep, and, and individuals with this disorder get up and carry out their dreams and hurt their spouses often or, and are often seriously injured. So other phenomena going, going on during rapid eye movement sleep, of course, is dreaming. Uh, so we have this very, very active mentation that goes on. Um, we also have a sexual response during rapid eye movement sleep. Uh, so there's penile engorgement and engorgement of the labia for, uh, for women. Um, and um, there's a great variability also in heart rate and respiratory rate as well uh, during rapid eye movement sleep. And that correlates very directly with dream dream mentation. So if we dream that we're running or we're very, very frightened, our respiratory rate can shoot up very, very quickly. Um, and as can our, our um, I'm sorry, our heart rate can shoot up very quickly, as can our respiratory rate as well. Wow. So there were some very, very interesting theories about, about dreaming sleep. Um, um, Many of the, much of the sleep research actually began with an interest uh, by psychiatrists in trying to prove Freudian theories of dreaming, uh, which, which, very, which were really kind of the primary or most dominant psychological theory of, of brain and psychic function and mind function during that period. Really, Freudian theory is essentially, much of it has been essentially disproved. So what happens during rapid eye movement sleep in the brain is that there are, these, um, there are these impulses that are generated at a very low level of the brain um, that, that randomly activate different groups of cells in upper parts of the brain that create a sensation, that they activate a memory, a sensation, um, um, a physical experience, a visual experience. Um, and then it's thought that the top part of the brain takes that random activation and organizes it into a narrative mm -hmm. essentially so that we it's it's almost like taking um, um, if you had random objects in front of you and somebody said here tell a story mm -hmm. and what is often the case interestingly is that the narrative of a dream is is very constant throughout the dream or tends to stay relatively constant whereas the actual um, features of the dream the objects in the dream those features can be very, very changeable. So one person can turn into another person. Yeah. Colors can change, the place that you are can change.
And I think that's a, that's a theme that gets carried out through this exhibit, which is the, you know, the paradoxes of dreaming, the um, kind of the, how objects kind of can turn into or transform into another one, or time and place gets shifted around and fragmented, and those are all, I guess, things that are a process of this physical reaction the brain's going through. There's also a moment, though, that goes from when you're having the dream to when you're waking. Mm -hmm. And during that time, it seems to me that we start to assign language or narrative onto these, these weird moments, these weird scenarios. Um, has there been any studies about how language works with dreams? Or, or, or I guess what I'm, my, I'm curious about, are, are the dreams, do the dreams come through fully ordered or do we order them when we wake? Um, the, I think the idea is that the dreams come, we have this active, it's random activation of different regions of the brain, and during, during the dream state, the brain is, is actively organizing okay. that randomly generated material. So you're incorporating things and interpreting things and mm -hmm. trying to make sense out of these kind of bizarre right. um, combinations of things that, that just get you know, activated in little, you know, in, in the tiny little pockets and, 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 and parts of your brain. So um, the recollection of dreams, and we probably, there probably is some overlay of narrative, I think as you're suggesting, um, as we then come to consciousness. Uh, the, the other, some other interesting features of dreaming is, are that the region of the brain that involves um, um, the sensation of movement or, or actual movement through space is completely activated during dreaming oh, sleep. Wow. The vestibular system. So that's what gives us the sense of moving through space. Huh. Um, and, but our body's paralyzed. And other regions of our brain are paralyzed that kind of keep us oh. from acting, acting, out our, acting out our dreams. Now there are parts of the brain that are also completely shut down the lower parts of the brain, the brain stem, um, parts of the brain stem are shut down um, that involve memory and emotion. Um, other parts of the brain that may be shut down as well are those parts of the brain that allow insight and allow us to relate you know, what we're experiencing in the dream to other memory centers. So it keeps us, so there's a disconnect essentially. So that disconnect is happening during the dreaming and then when we have emotions and all that stuff that happens after the dreaming. No, the, the emotion actually occurs in, in another part of the brain and that region of the brain is also activated. Okay. So we definitely have emotion during dream, during the real time of a dream. But some of the, um, the, the gating mechanisms of emotion uh, tend to be completely quieted during dreaming sleep. If you selectively deprive someone of rapid eye movement sleep, or when, we are, when we're sleep deprived, say most of the dreaming sleep occurs in the morning hours. Um, and if you deprive somebody of the dreaming sleep which occurs in the morning hours, um, First of all, they have a high drive to go back into rapid eye movement sleep um, later on. So if you deprive yourself of rapid eye movement sleep, and we all may observe this, we actually, the next day, you go through a period of, of, of emotional activation, of feeling a little bit manic and oh, a little bit up. Interesting. And on a short-term basis, that kind of feeling of being up um, 
that occurs acutely, but if that sleep deprivation or REM deprivation occurs for successive nights on right. successive days, then it actually turns into depression. And in part, we think, because it's that region of the brain that is involved in the regulatory capacity of dreaming, that, um, that that region of the brain essentially does not get to rest. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, that explains a lot of what happens around finals for students, you know. They yeah. all get a little crazy. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And some of, that, some of that sleep deprivation actually helps. Yeah. It can also, for people who have manic depressive disorder, sleep deprivation can kindle a manic phase, can actually cause somebody to go into wow. the manic phase of their cycling illness. Wow. Very interesting. I think that there's manic phases and depressive phases in this exhibit, too. <laughs> yes, for sure. And there's also some really beautiful works, too. Yeah.